Welcome back to another episode of the Millennial Crisis Podcast. I'm so excited to bring you today's episode because we have none other than Maureen from Centrelink. If you don't know who I'm talking about, you have been living under a rock. Today, I chat with TikTok creator Lucas. We talk about his creative process in making these videos, how long it really takes to create content and combining an academic career and study with a creative side. It's such an interesting chat and I'm so excited for you to listen. So without any further ado, this is episode 27 of the podcast. Can you be a creative and a professional? This is the Millennial Crisis by Demi Kotsouris, Wi-Fi not included. Lucas, welcome to the Millennial Crisis podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I'm that excited to have you on. And I think a lot of people listening and if people are watching right now might recognize you and other people might think they recognize you from somewhere, but I start every podcast asking people the same three questions and they are your name, age and what you do. So my name's Lucas, I'm 23 and I'm currently a full-time student at the moment, but on the side, I'm just doing a little bit of TikTok for fun, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And doing a little bit of TikTok for fun is a lot more than a little because mm. you have just blown up on TikTok recently and a lot of people listening might know you as Maureen from Centrelink. It's the one Maureen <laughs> from Centrelink. Yes, that's the one. <laughs> Which is amazing. I love your videos and they've Thank kept you. me entertained during isolation just as they have so many others. And I guess mm -hmm. let's get into a little bit of the background of how this all started, where your kind of creation began of Maureen mm -hmm. and how you started getting into TikTok. I think so initially for years and years and years, I've always wanted to do YouTube and video creation just because I don't know, I find my sense of humor like different, I guess, but I would never got around to it because I was just too shy or was too scared. But then when lockdown came around, it was kind of nearing to the end of March and at uni, everything was starting to shut down. We're all being sent home and a way for me to kind of uh, deal with that, the stress and anxiety and an outlet for me was to jump on TikTok because I found that a lot of people were just suddenly downloading the app. I feel for the first two weeks when I was just uploading random videos, I didn't know how the whole app worked and the, the traction of it was very low. Like you have to get a video to be on the for you page for it to blow up. But then one night I was just sitting in my room and I was, it was the day of the, the day that I had called Centrelink because all of our, our shifts were getting cut. And I thought, oh, everyone's dealing with Centrelink at the moment. I feel like that's a relatable thing. You're often met on the phone with someone who's quite abrupt or, you know, they could be very nice, but uh, on some occasions they aren't. I just, I put on a little t-shirt, a, a jumper on my head at the time. And I just thought it'd be funny to kind of have a play on that customer service. They call it Karen. I don't know. I've been told not to say Karen these days. That's another story for another day. But I thought, yeah, I put a jumper on my head and kind of emulate that um, personality that you sometimes get on the phone. That's quite problematic. That's quite, quite in your face. And yeah, within a few hours, it just, it started to take off and people were like relating to it so much and saying, oh my gosh, it's as if I spoke to this person today on the phone. But I think the traction built because it came at a time that everyone was going through the same thing. Like we were all calling Centrelink. We were all in waiting time for hours and hours. And it also implemented the whole, uh, like a lot of the time, like the cultured people, I, should, I shouldn't say, I hate saying it, but like the cultured people, they get this kind of thing on the phone. Like, Oh, your name sounds exotic. Oh, that's a bit different. And that whole aspect of it kind of built up the character itself. And from there, I was only going to do it as a one video, but overnight, People were posting on their Instagram stories. Friends were messaging me like, this person looks awfully familiar. Is this you? And from there, I kind of just created the character just uh, as, and like they call it an isolation hero. I don't know how much I agree with it, but from there, it just took off. And now Maureen, she went from working at Sensling to working at the deli to reviewing primary school snacks and, and the works. Yeah. I love it. And it, it is funny that you mentioned that you created at a time where it's, it's been a strange period for a lot of people having to, I guess, mm. call Centrelink, especially given like the different ages. And this has kind for of sure. created kind of shift in people's lives that they may not have expected at the age of 23 or the age of 26, 30 or 40, people may mm -hmm. never have expected to be call, having to call up Centrelink. For sure. And it didn't matter what industry you were in, you had been affected. So I think it was a really 
nice way to almost normalize yeah. it as well. It, it brought a bit of light and it was like, everyone is experiencing this to some extent. Mm. And if it's not you, it's someone, you know, so. Yeah. Like on the news that was showing lines and lines outside Centrelink store and all of my friends on the Instagram story being like, Oh, my gov crashed now. And I think that, that aspect of it, it took, it took it as a lighthearted. And a lot of the things that I do, I try and make it lighthearted and bring it back to, to the core in that way. But yeah, it just, it just came at a good time. And with that, now that I make videos, people message me and say, like I had a really nice message yesterday. She was like, I'm sitting in my car and I'm like dealing with some family stuff, but I've been watching your videos for the past half an hour and it just made me smile. And I think receiving that feedback kind of gave me the motivation to continue it because originally it was just going to be more in from Sendlink one video. That's it. But then she created 16 episodes and now she keeps going. Like when will she die? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that must be amazing for you and probably getting you through this COVID period, hearing mm. messages and creating a bit of a community for you and for other people to engage. So how has your COVID life looked? I think so initially it was like all fine and dandy, but then I've been juggling uni and then I was still working during the, the lockdown because my job was deemed essential for some reason, even though it was like just a general retail so we, we were one of the only stops in the center that was still open. So I was still working there as well, studying and then creating the videos during my time off. Initially, it was, it was all good. And then it kind of just, it started to get more stressful like everyone else. And I guess the video gave me, a, like the video creation or the content creation gave me a way to not stress as much and look forward to something because I look forward to making things for people and seeing the comments, seeing the interactions that I was getting. So that took a little bit of like a lighthearted approach, I guess. It then also like started to play more on like mental health issues, I should say, because obviously putting yourself out there, and for me especially, I had never really had an online presence before being uh, more in from Centrelink. It was just like my Facebook was private, my Instagram was private. I would never really put anything out there. I never made Facebook statuses because I just wanted to keep it very closed off and I just wanted to be myself because I'm a very like secluded like to myself person. But then being out there, you're more in the public image and there for like you start to overthink a lot of things that you post and a lot of things that you say, how are people going to perceive me? So it did take an effect in that aspect as well that a lot of people don't I think take into account because they see me like, Oh, we're all happy. We're all making jokes and whatever, but it does play on you a lot more. So that's when I started to take it back a little bit less and post a little bit less. And I would sit on videos for a while before posting it. Um, I say a while, like a day or a few hours before posting it just to make sure that I was happy with it. It just, it was kind of a roller coaster, I should say like everyone else. COVID itself, like I think it's played on a lot of people's mental health because being at home for so long, it, you, there's, there's not much you can do. And it went from like creating videos to like me ending up in bed for like hours and hours on my days off doing literally nothing. And initially it was okay, but then I thought, you know, I have to start making a change in myself. But yeah, I guess it is a struggle sometimes with, with the, the whole pandemic coming at this kind of time because it's, it's, it's a predicament that we didn't decide to put ourselves in. And because of that, it creates so much uncertainty. And now that we're back in lockdown again in Melbourne, it's just uncertain times that make it very unsettled. So this coupled with the whole online presence and feeling of being judged and anxiety behind that, it's made it a very uh, like a weird time for me. O overall, though, I am, I am quite happy with the reception that I've received from the general public over Maureen from Senlink. It has made me really happy and it kind of, it almost boosted my morale as well to notice that now I have so many friends around the world. I say, I call, I call them friends. I don't call them fans, but um, all these followers and friends that I have around the world now that say, you know, if you're ever in like America, come crash at my place. If you're ever in Canada, ever in like London, I had someone from like Puerto Rico message me. So it's, <laughs> it's given me that kind of like community, I guess, that I look forward to now. So it kind of takes a little bit of the load off the, the whole mental health issues that, we've, that I've kind of dealt with on the side with, uh, with corona and everything like that. Because I, I think the assumption might be there's been, because of TikTok and because of corona, some people have, have blown up because they've had the spare time to be able to mm -hmm. create. And sometimes these situations, strangely enough, make us more creative in some ways because we're so bored. And I think the assumption can be when people kind of gain traction or gain a following on socials that it's all fine and dandy, you know, and, and things become okay. But I'm really glad that you touched on that. The pressure of that did to affect your mental health. Cause I think some mm. people might've been listening and thinking, Oh, what a great COVID experience for him. Like now he's just been able to create <laughs> more and more videos and, yeah. and, you know, essentially be paid to do it or whatever when obviously that's not the reality, but it's so easier for us to make those assumptions. And it's one of the mm. reasons that I really wanted to have you on because I wanted people to hear firsthand 
the effort that it takes to one, create content online and two, to continue that engagement and the mental pressure that would come with that. How long does it take you to create these videos? So all the videos that I post are mainly 45 second and above and the ideas themselves. So I get inspiration at the most random times. I, I have the worst sleeping patterns and I tend to sleep really late. And that's kind of when I start, you'll see me in bed, like randomly sitting there, just recording random things into my phone to keep a mental log of it. But yeah, my main uh, inspiration just comes from, I guess, life in general. And I try to make everything that I post kind of relatable I should say just because it's more fun to post something that a lot of people can also turn to so my current videos at the moment are like one culture versus another just a parallel or two and show my comparison between my Australian culture life that I've lived and what I've lived through that and also my Egyptian culture and how we do things at home and paralleling the two means two different kinds of people are able to relate to it whilst you can be from a completely different culture and you can say like oh must mean I'm Arab now because my mum also does that that wasn't the whole point behind it, but it means more people can engage with it. So I kind of just take life experiences and things I've been through, whether it be racism that I've experienced at high school or whether it be someone I've take, uh, heard on the phone or just my childhood in general. Um, I draw inspiration from that. And then from there, I try not to script things too much. So when I was creating the whole Maureen thing, I did it very impromptu. And that's another thing that I realized that I was able to do. And I never really thought I had the skill before that was just creating things up on the spot. So from there, I don't really script it too much. I kind of find my green screen backgrounds of what I want to do, put them behind me, and then I'll just randomly talk to a camera. And if I'm not happy with it, I'll just delete it. But it does take a lot of effort because coming up with like content that the, the character would kind of say or um, would fit the, the bill really properly, uh, it does take a lot of effort because saying certain things um, might not fit as, as much as another. And just kind of trying to personify the character continuously throughout the whole TikTok journey has been something that I've kind of learned to adapt to, but it's definitely something that I, prior to the whole TikTok thing, I thought, oh, content creation is so easy, but the pressure, as you were saying, the pressure to actually come up with video ideas and constantly put things out there that people are going to like enjoy and um, be consistent with it is, is yeah, something that I did take for granted before, before actually doing this, because it does take a lot more work than you think. I did a MasterChef video the other day and just for that one minute of enjoyment that people were able to experience, it took me three hours to create. Like I needed to get sounds to match perfectly. I needed to get my dialogue and squeeze everything into a one minute video. It takes so much time, but uh, the time behind it, obviously it makes up for it when I see people enjoy the content, but prior to them actually seeing that, it takes so much effort and so much time that I thought I completely neglected before making it. So it is a very, very good thing that I now kind of, every time I see someone post, even just like a simple photo, I acknowledge their, their time and their effort so much more. But even more from that, I acknowledge how much originality is important because it's so easy that like, obviously we've all seen videos and we kind of just like record it and take it and put it on our platform. And when I was creating a lot of these Maureen videos, I was seeing my work being taken and then just put published elsewhere. And the whole, like, whilst it doesn't mean a lot to me, it's the whole not giving credit to the original content creator is what gets to me the most. And prior to this, again, I, I didn't really acknowledge this, but you know, we see thousands of music creators, we see thousands of artists and chefs and so many things that are taken from them and not, not credited. And then it I kind of opened my eyes and allowed me to, to realize, you know, before you make something, make sure you credit them. It could just be a simple sound that you've used or artwork. And I always try and do that now. I always try and credit some original person if I have um, utilized their skills or the expertise. But uh, I think the whole journey itself has opened my eyes to the effort and uh, the time and just originality in, in the importance of that as well. How is the demand to create content to your standard? I'd assume given the content you put out, you're somewhat of a perfectionist when it comes to your style. So how has that been for you to, to create and do things you love on demand? It definitely does up the ante because I think for me, especially like I've been doing health and sciences my whole life. I did a bachelor's degree in science. Now I'm doing optometry in my, like my master's kind of equivalent. So I've always wanted to do something like creative and whether it be acting or voiceover, that kind of thing. But I never realized the effort I needed to put into it and getting these messages, it kind of makes me feel guilty that I want to take a day off or I want to stop just because people are constantly, I had, I literally took one day off the other day. And someone messaged me, I'm having withdrawals from Maureen. Like, I need you to post more. And then it kind of takes it on me. Like, am I doing enough? Is what I'm posting enough? To, do I need to be posting two times a day, three times a day? And then doing that, then it kind of makes me feel like I'm just saturating and just draining the character or just draining what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to 
like take a step back and evaluate everything because I, I, as you were saying, I thought it would be like, oh, it'd be amazing to be an actor. It'd be amazing to do this, to do that. But actually doing it now makes me think, is this actually what I want to do for a living? It's fun. I love it. I love creating things for people, but is it something that my mental health, because it does take a play on it as well. Is it something that I can do for a whole career? Is it something that I can put myself out there and be willing to be judged and be critiqued on what I create? It is very interesting. And it's, it's something that I constantly think about nowadays. Like you'll see me having random thoughts throughout the day, just daydreaming. Like, what am I doing with my life? Is, is my science path that's very stable for me, that's going to just be a nine to, five, nine to five job that's something people consider boring that I consider fun. Is it going to be enough for me or should I go down another path of this content creation, but also constantly being anxious and being aware that I'm not doing enough or I'm doing too much. So yeah, it's something that I'm still working on myself though. I know probably a lot of people are thinking the same, but yes, we're all in the, definitely in the same boat in that one. I think I compare like online creators and like versus like actors or people who work in, let's say mainstream media one, like online creators to be more entrepreneurial versus um, online uh, or media creators to be more of a nine to five because there's constraints and there's people Mm -hmm. that are telling you to do certain things at certain times. Whereas when you are a digital creator and you're creating online for yourself, you are doing all the roles you are taking all of the risk. And I think it's something that people haven't identified enough about the industry of Mm -hmm. how much effort it is. And I guess, sure, you have complete freedom, but especially for us um, and our generation, complete freedom can be crippling sometimes and can be so Mm -hmm. overwhelming that we don't know what to do with all of that. I know you said acting and media was something that you were interested in, but do you think combining both might be something you would consider well i'm still as i was saying i'm still trying to work it out but it's very interesting because like you said you pretty much work as a script writer you work as the cameraman you work as the editor you do every role by yourself so it's so much different to just being like a radio host where you just sit there and sometimes i give you a script so i think it's definitely something that would make it a lot easier and that i do consider um i have to work out what i want to do with this like is it a path that i want to continue going down or is it just like an isolation activity that i close up the case close up shop once corona's over and like I'm going back to uni, see everyone, Maureen, we put it to rest. So I'm still working it out myself, but it's something that I would consider because in that aspect, like I get people that say like, I want to be my own person. I want to work for myself, but it is, it is a lot more helpful to have the assistance from someone else to have someone who might edit for you or someone who might, I don't know, set up lighting or something like it, it kind of makes, it takes a load off you as well. Uh, But yeah, I I think I, I should, I am trying to consider all my options at the moment, but for now, it's just a one-man show. Yeah. I love it. It's nice to have options. When you are in the position, I understand that it, that it would be a lot to take in, and especially at that age as well, like being at uni. I know you've been at uni for a while now as well. And Six like years, yes. already, I think your early 20s, you're already trying to figure out how many different things you want to do. And then to mm-hmm. have this kind of curveball thrown in your face, which is your newfound TikTok career, um, you know, how, how that would work, which is interesting because I'm sure, and I'm, and I'm not sure, but I assume given how new the TikTok platform is, it's not like Instagram where you're making $5,000 every video you post. Like, yeah. I don't make, yeah, I don't make like any money. So this is pretty much just for enjoyment. The only, so from my understanding of things, because I'm still like a very big, like a newbie to the whole TikTok game. I make like, I gain nothing except seeing people's enjoyment and having a creative outlet for me to post my humor, what I find funny. So I think the only real, my, I was so proud of myself. Like when I did a little partnership with Milo, that was like, yeah, oh my God, nice. mama, I made it. So I did like this little partnership with Milo. And when they reached out to me and were like, can you do a video for us as Maureen? I thought I was like, damn, mama, I made it. Like we two months in, or three months into this whole TikTok game and I'm already like a little influence. And someone commented, wait, Maureen's come a long way from Centrelink and I thought that was so funny and cute just because from that you can like create an income but the whole like for me personally I'm not like no famous million billion um, subscriber or follower TikTok person I'm not going to make money every post I make it's just for enjoyment so I don't I don't make anything from it except just my own fun Uh, unless you do like paid uh, partnerships I guess you do make things out of it which it has kind of opened the doors for me if I want to find an agent or I want to do that and do that kind of promotion. I've had a few people message me, but I've rejected a lot just because it kind of doesn't apply with me. And that's another thing that I've realized as well, that I'm one of the people that I'm not going to like, I don't like saying it, but like sell myself short sort of thing. I'm not going to change who I am just to 
get some free items or whatever. So I did a video with the cheesecake shop just because I was like, oh, I can make this funny. I can make Maureen and my, my Egyptian mother do a video. But then I got another message that was on a certain product that I've never used in my life that I couldn't stand by. So I didn't want to give the impression that you throw anything at me and I'm going to take it and make something for it. So it kind of yeah, it highlighted that for me person that I was kind of proud of myself that I have my boundaries and I'm willing to not change myself just to, uh, just to please a company or just to receive a free gift sort of thing. Yeah, that's amazing restraint and like values to have at this age and being thrown in so mm. early on in something. So I commend you for that. And I'm sure Thank you. it's not easy. I'm sure there's going to be a lot more different decisions coming out, but we'll <laughs> I assume, yeah, I assume that this has been a huge learning curve for you. How long has this, how long since you kind of began to see traction going? So I think the first video of Maureen, I was posted, I think it was early April. So like four months now, maybe we'll, just, we'll say around like four months. Yeah. And what is the growth? Like what has your personal growth been throughout this? Have you feel like you've grown as a person a lot or has it kind of solidified some of the values or things in yourself that you're like, Oh shit. Like I do know this or I do know mm-hmm. how to believe in myself or be confident in what I believe in. I think it's a bit of both. So in terms of like, knowing like what I is like, as I said before, knowing what I am and am not willing to promote, for instance, that's something that I am sticking by. But in terms of like personal growth, it made me realize like how much, because being on TikTok and being on like social media, you realize a lot of cancel culture. Cancel culture is massive these days and how much people, like you say, the smallest thing, they're willing to drag you down for it. So it's kind of allowed me to reflect on all the years that I might've said something wrong and try and acknowledge that because prior to this, like seeing just the smallest things that people now consider wrong, like, which is hundred percent, it's okay with that. Um, realizing that I may have done that. I may have offended someone. I may have hurt someone and actually taking ownership for that. So it's allowed me to grow as a person from that because prior to this, I would have never have sat down and like acknowledged, you know, at this time I might've hurt someone. I might've said something that may have offended someone. And now when I create videos, I constantly think like, is there the potential for this to hurt someone? Is there the potential for this to be offensive? And I try my best to make sure people understand that like my, my comedy that I create, like me as my yellow t-shirt on my head as Maureen, whenever I say something that might be seen as problematic, it's not my views. Like this is trying to encompass the, the kind of racist society that we're currently living in that people overlook that comments uh, that are said that you might laugh at are actually offensive. And I, I try to intertwine that to educate people in a way from that, but it's constantly allowing me to, uh, or trying to show me to kind of assess everything that I say and make sure that it aligns with my own values. But I think that the TikTok journey itself has been quite helpful in that, in that sense, because yeah, prior to this, I would have never sat down and, and thought about, you know, I, I, I could, I cancel myself sometimes because of what I say, but yeah, I think it's, it's been a good learning experience in that. Um, but yeah, it has solidified a lot of my own values of what I do find important. So if I see a video that's um, bullying someone or whatever, I'll stand by it and I'll call it out. And whilst, yeah, well, on the other hand, if I do say something, I'll cancel myself because I don't believe in like racism, sexism, homophobia, all that stuff. It's kind of like solidified that as well. So yeah, it's created little communities for me as well to, to talk to people. There's another um, creator in Sydney and um, she creates videos like of similar kind of comedy. And I was speaking to her and I was like, how do you deal with your, your haters, for instance? Well, whilst I've been really lucky that I haven't really received much hatred. She's constantly in the position where people are giving her so much like shit just for being who she is. And like, she's given me like advice as to how to deal with that kind of thing and how for her so long she, she was of the type that she had to like um, change herself just to, to fit the bill of the, the viewers, but nowadays she just creates what she wants. So it's allowed me to now like branch out and speak to so many people to, um, and in a way it's, it's helped with, as I was saying before, mental health issues. But yeah, I think the journey itself has been quite rewarding in, in all. Cause it, it's funny. Cause Maureen, she, she doesn't, she says almost like they're not slurs, but they're little things that you're like, sometimes you're like, you know, it's like mm. that, it's like that slight racist auntie or uncle or the old person no, might right. say something yeah. like, oh, so-and-so was actually, oh, these particular group was actually really nice. Like in saying that perhaps they weren't like <laughs> they our weren't, assumption yeah. is they weren't nice, but then she's also like an activist as well. Like at the end, she always adds mm-hmm. something, which I think is, is so great. It, it is one of the reasons why um, I reached out to you out of other creators in the space because I, I really wanted to get the perspective of someone who was really new to the 
social media space. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love because I knew from that, that there must be a lot of thought coming into the videos and that you must have a real, like your videos give you a real purpose in that because you do feel like you're sending these messages. So do people Mm. pick up on that a lot? Do you find that in the comments? I feel like some, like most of the time they do. So the the first video that I ever did where I said like, oh, Muhammad, that name, that, that, that name sounds exotic. That, that comment in itself, the amount of times where I've like, people randomly was like, oh, Egyptian, that's so exotic. And I don't know how to take it sometimes. So I kind of adapted that into the video because like it was something that I've lived through. And then from there, I would have random DMs like, I'm Vietnamese background, but I'm always, just, like people always assume for the soup is Chinese. And I think like that in, in itself, like I used, I did a video like, oh, what's for lunch? That Chinese soup and like I said that as a way for people to be like oh I've I've experienced that myself and that relatability people then pick up on and they message me like oh my gosh I was at work the other day and someone literally said the same thing to me so it does touch on that but yeah as you're saying I Maureen is definitely an activism she ain't she doesn't take yeah. this kind of this kind of crap she'll, she'll call it out and that's why that's where it brings it back home and that's why I, I hope people don't see me as like having that kind of ideas um, and like me being racist or me having these these thoughts and realizing that I'm trying to make it to highlight like we live in a Western society that's deemed uh, multicultural, but we are so cross-culturally illiterate sometimes Mm. and highlighting that to people, then it created the connection where people started to be drawn to it because at the end of it, she's so willing to learn and so willing to be educated on this, which is the importance of living in this society. You know, we should be opening our ears. And if someone tells us that's racist, just shut up and listen. Why is it racist? Hear their side of things. And this whole TikTok thing, like, it's allowed me to do that. Like if I see something and someone calls a particular thing out, I'm willing, I'm so willing now to be so uh, accepting and listening just to what their side of things are. Prior to this, I would honestly just sit there and be like, no, you know, you're wrong and just be so closed off about it. But nowadays I'm so willing to just hear what they've got to say. Why do you think that this is what I'm saying is problematic? Please tell me. Okay, let's work from there. And that's an important thing that I think people have to learn because living in this society like a lot of us who have come from particular ethnic backgrounds we've copped a lot of a lot of crap throughout life and being able to vocalize that and tell someone you know you did you did me wrong because you did this and then be, then being able to listen and then respond from there is that it's, it's a really important skill to actually have but yeah, i think i think having maureen herself be problematic but also be so willing to to learn is so important i did i did an interview with pedestrian tv like that was the first that was actually the first first thing where i was like oh my gosh mama someone's recognized me for my efforts <laughs> and then when he was interviewing me he said like your videos align very similar to a, i'm not going to like say who but like a particular creator who we all know who's created so many characters who he's done blackface he's done this he's done that and they've been seen as so problematic but do you align with them and i i honestly said like my humor with one particular character who's also like a middle-aged woman it's it's kind of that that character in itself but I don't want people to think that I am them like this is not something that I stand by and like whilst I can be saying problematic because I call my culture exotic or something like that I don't want people to be to know to know me as that I want people to know Maureen as like that activist that that person who's so willing to learn and so willing to to be a spokesperson for the little man I love that you said that Maureen to be someone who is willing to learn. And I think that's the real key here because I think you mentioned cancel culture and it is so problematic in ways because we, we, with using like cancel culture the way it is right now, it doesn't allow people to grow and it doesn't accept that, okay, if something, like if we're using, let's say Kevin Hart, for example, how when he was supposed to host the Oscars, they bought out the tweets that he problematic tweets that he tweeted maybe 10 years ago or Mm -hmm. something and he explained it all and had apologized grown and i think he mentioned like in his stand-up he 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 did a similar thing where it would say what he used to say and then use comedy to show why it was wrong and for a lot of things like that to happen it it makes people think, well, what's the point in changing? It kind of discourages mm. us from wanting to learn and sure. makes us scared to learn or ask the questions that are so important. And I think for people listening, like you mentioned, that are of different backgrounds or have ethnic heritage, a lot of time you may let comments go in the workplace or with your friends' groups, which then mm-hmm. almost sometimes gives people the people in the group yeah yeah, the okay to say well I have a so-and-so friend I have a all of Mm -hmm. these friends and they think it's okay for me to say this instead of giving us the courage to stand up and say actually like do you know what that means or do you know how that word used to be used when Mm -hmm. 
our parents were growing up or when I was in mm-hmm. school or whatever. Do you have, I guess, have you grown with that? Like some of the things that perhaps you experienced in high school now as you're, as you've grown up and you know more mm-hmm. of who you are, how have you dealt with, with that? Well, so with the whole, okay, so initially with the whole cancel culture as well, I think people are too busy just trying to dig for anything. Like mm. people go on like a whole manhunt just to find the smallest thing, but they won't be willing to listen to the, the person that they might've changed. They might've adapted. They, they're not willing to listen. They're just willing to like cancel and shut anyone down over the smallest things. And sometimes it's even like the, the silliest things that no one really considers like something, but you're just trying to bring someone down and use any excuse to do that. Yeah. One interesting thing that my friend brought up recently was the whole, I think in society, a lot of like people think it's okay to bully Asian people. I've, I openly say this, like, and we normalize the whole bullying against Asian people because we accept it in our friendship groups. Like when someone says a joke to the, to our Asian friends, we're like, Oh, that's so funny. And then we'll say it back to them and it becomes normalized. And I think from there, we've created such an environment that has become toxic and we haven't been willing to accept it. So that's like one thing that I've also considered during this isolation period. My friend put up an um, Instagram story of like, we're so willing to, accept racism in like Asian culture and in our society because it's in our friendship group and we don't call it out. And I think we need to do that. It's important to do it because we think it's okay because yeah, I have a friend, he's Arab, so I can say a terrorist joke or whatever, but, but it's honestly not, it's not okay to do that because you are hurting someone else outside of your friendship group. And it doesn't make it okay just because you are linked or have an association with that kind of person. I growing up had so much like I was called a sand N word. I was called Saddam Hussein. My brother was called uh, Osama bin Laden. Like it was so much terrorism and it was around the whole like nine 11 thing. Mm. So all my life I've been called like black and then all these things, but then it, like we've got, we've come full circle or we've come a 180 degree where like people now pay to be that color and people uh, aspire to be this. And the whole idea behind beauty being like ducked in sort of thing is now is now vocalized. But prior to this, you were giving me so much, so much crap just for being this person. So it's, it's, it's important for us to just reflect on this. And whilst I don't really hold grudges anymore because I, I've grown as a person, it's honestly made me realize that like, it's so important just to listen. And like, I'm not going to hold something against someone because they said it to me 10 years ago. If they're willing to have changed from that, then fine. We'll grow from there. If they're not, well then I'm sorry, don't talk to me. But yeah, just because someone has said something like, I'm not dismissing it at all, but I'm also going to give them the opportunity to acknowledge that they, what they did was wrong and to learn from that. Yeah, I think that's great because I also think that we, especially if we're looking back at high school, a lot of people will say, I know we were talking with friends the other day and someone had popped up from high school and someone said, oh yeah, well, she was a real bitch. I was like, okay, Mm. but it's been eight years since we've been to high school. If we're going to see someone that was a bitch then, like, okay, but are they still now? now? Like, have we grown? And I think that comes into the whole things. If we're going to make assumptions on what someone was like, like it's important for us to give people the benefit of the doubt. And then when they show us their true colors again, that's when we can mm-hmm. make that judgment. I think the same goes with cancel culture. I think it's really important for us to take the internet and bring it into like real life situations and then say, mm-hmm. okay, well, how would that be dealt with in real life? How should it then be dealt with online? Mm-hmm. And, and, um, yeah, you're right. People do pick out, try and pick out the things. And it's important for us not to continue down that rabbit hole and not just make assumptions about things and actually give people that benefit of the doubt and maybe do that quick little Google search to see like, did so-and-so apologize instead of us spreading that same rumor to the next person and say, oh, I heard that so-and-so said X. What are your tips for people using social media? Given now, I assume you're spending more time on there than you used to do you spend a lot more time scrolling or is it more creating and then what have you learned that you could give advice to other people for i think it's a bit of both so a lot of the time now i'm i scroll to like get inspiration from other people but i also spend a lot of time replying to messages like replying to comments and trying to engage with the audience itself i think my biggest tip to people is just honestly don't doubt yourself and it's so cliche to say but for years and years i would tell myself you're not good enough you're not funny enough you no one's going to enjoy your humor but until i took the first step to actually post that first video until i took the first step to just create something that no one else had no one else had a maureen character and like from there i saw so many big creators they didn't credit me for it but i know for a fact like they saw like out of nowhere people are everyone's working at sense link in a call center now but obviously they're not going to credit for me i don't really mind but i think taking that first step to create something different and just be yourself was so important for me and 
listening to, to yourself and not, not focusing on the negatives and constantly putting yourself down and saying like, you can't create something, you can't do this, just don't worry about it. And yeah, taking that first step was something that was very important to me. So yeah, I spend a lot of time scrolling through, but I also spend a lot of time just um, like video creating and just reflecting on how thankful I am that people like accepted it. Uh, and I, I was willing to put myself out there and kind of step out of my bubble, if I should say. But yeah. Is it still tricky for you to post? Do you have to like close your eyes sometimes and click post or has it become a lot easier for you to post your videos? I think it's a, it's a bit like, it's a bit like that where I just, I'm really apprehensive to post because I'm like, I kind of want to like just take a break from this or I'm kind of anxious how people are going to accept this. But it's also come to the point where I'm just like, you know what, people can like it, people can hate it, but this is what I want to do and this is what I enjoy. And so I'm just going to continue doing it. If I love it, I'm going to put it out there. I don't really mind what people think of it because um, like I've kind of built a confidence from that. Like if I, if I enjoy what I put out there now, as long as I think it's okay, I guess, well then tough shit can for everyone else. But my biggest, yeah. So the tip would definitely be like, put yourself out there, but also know your, um, know your audience base really well. So for me, my audience base is loving the whole Australian culture that I put out, but also it's now, someone commented, wow, I love the, the amount of Arab content you're putting out there now. So once I realized that I'm having an influx of like Arabic speaking viewers, for instance, I started to up that to kind of balance the two. So then every second video I saw, I might put a twist on them. So I'm kind of catering to both sides. So yeah, knowing your audience and then also being consistent. I try not to take too much time off because I don't want people to think like, oh, he's just, he's giving it the flick. I want people to constantly see like, I'm putting time and effort into these ideas and you're getting it. So if you come back to my channel, you'll be able to experience that. So yeah, consistency is a very big key. And also putting, your uh, putting time into actually responding to people. It takes like, obviously them coming onto your platform and looking at your channel and taking the time to like it and comment on it. You should be so appreciative of that because they don't have to do that. Could just flick straight past it, but acknowledging that someone is con commenting on your video and giving back to them by, if they say, oh, I'm first in your video, please reply. I reply. If someone leaves a comment like, what do you think of this? I reply. If someone tags me in something, I, I give them my thought on something. I try and engage as much as possible because it's almost a way of like one of the only ways, I guess, to actually give back to the community that is giving me a lot of joy at the moment. That's awesome. And w when I hear you speak about that, it, it's as if I've interviewed people with businesses and it's the same kind of advice, which is, is really mm -hmm. interesting when you put them two together because essentially you are building, whether you feel it or you want to or not, you're building a brand and you are building mm -hmm. kind, like a business machine, essentially. Like that is what, that's what these platforms do these days. And mm -hmm. whether you decide to do something with it or not, having that respect for the people that follow you is so important, the same as you mm -hmm. would have your respect for your customers or the people who support yeah. you in, in what you do. So I, yeah, I really, I really love that advice and admire you for putting in that effort because a lot of people don't do that. Before we get to the last three questions, I want to ask mm -hmm. you, how have people around you reacted to your videos? Because I think that's people's biggest concern about posting online is what mm -hmm. people in their real life are going to think. Where We kind of don't care about sharing things with strangers, but we care what the people within our lives think. So how have you dealt with that and what's that reaction been? My reaction from like, my mum has been my biggest kind of supporter since day one. Every time I would post a video, I'd like link her and then she would send it to her friends and just laugh about it. So she's always been quite a good, uh, a good person to turn to. And I, I sometimes show her videos before I post just to see her reaction. So I think from that aspect has been good in terms of friends. They've all kind of, uh, all the ones who I have like expected to be quite close to me. They've given me really good reception. Work friends have been really good. They like, they like Maureen, but uh, from in terms of just like randoms in general public, the people who come up to me at work or the people who see me in the street and just recognize me as that they're able to like, they're so thankful that I put stuff out there and they're so, they're so genuine and kind about it, which is something that is also, you know, I've, I've always lived in my bubble. I like no one, no one recognized me in public, but now it's so much different where there might be a few people that come up to me randomly at work and say, is this you? And show me their phone. And it's a, it's a video of me with a yellow t-shirt on my head. So <laughs> it's, it's mostly been good and I've kind of enjoyed that. But yeah, whilst that being said though, it's also made me very like anxious and, in public and like, Oh, am I being looked at? But that's, that's, I feel like that's a little bit too much in my head and overthinking that a lot of us do, but I think re like reception from everything has been quite good. And I've been quite supported in, in the, the humor that I've kind of put out there. But at the same time, it does make me anxious to see, am I going to regret that I did this in five years time or 
is it going to be funny or like, am I going to be like that? You know, it's, it's five minutes of fame. Like it's, it's well and truly over, but am I going to look back and say like, Ooh, that was a bit too much. Why did I do this? So I'm still playing in my head with that, but it is what it is. I can't really change much. I'm having fun with it. That's awesome attitude. But it, it, it did prompt the thought for me that you are doing, I guess, such a, a prestigious degree, right? You're doing a science mm. degree. So did, did that doubt creep into your mind? Like about, work it and applying so, for work yeah a hundred percent so that's something that I did consider as well because I was like who's gonna like I'm now studying like a serious degree is this a thing but then I kind of reflected on it and thought as a lot of my demonstrators for instance they have kind of two outlets some of them do like Instagram modeling and fashion creating as well as their like full-time optometric work that they do and it gave me the thought as well like if I'm not harming anyone and if I'm not doing anything wrong there's no reason why I have no reason that I shouldn't be putting this, this kind of fun out there and making so many people's day. It did play on my mind though, because I thought, well, is someone going to take me seriously or, or, like, or what I'm doing? Uh, is it going to be just me being seen as a comedic joke? Am I going to get employed after this? And then I had one comment from someone saying, after I, I, like they, they walked past me seeing me at work. I work in a retail job, but he was like, oh, I don't know how you have such a serious job and act like this online. And I thought, well, this is the kind of judgment that we have in society that is so interesting to me because you have someone like, there's so many comedians out there and famous actors who actually have like, doctors, like doctorates and PhD degrees and they're, they're doctors or surgeons or they have a serious job, but they also on the side have an outlet which is creative and artistic. So it's something that also gave me that hope at the end to say like, I'm not really doing anything wrong. I'm having fun with it. And if I'm ha- making other people smile, then I don't see, I don't see the harm in it at all. We'll, we'll, come, we'll cross that bridge when it comes though. We'll see how, how reception from like HR team think about it but I think if you're not doing anything wrong in the the comedy that you're putting out there and the connection that you're having and the platform if you really delve into it if you're able to create a platform of close to 100,000 people I think it's like 97,000 people at the moment in four months time of in the middle of a pandemic I think that should be commended more than looked down on personally if I was a, a person about to employ someone and I looked at their personality what they put out there as well as their work ethic and realize you know whilst they're at work they put their working pants on and they put their their diligent respectful customer service voice on and they're able to do a job but they're also able to have fun with it then they're probably more more of a good applicant than someone who's just book smart spot on yeah it it is it's something that this idea of like work-life integration is more and more is becoming more and more real the further we get into like the world and being in a digital age it is more important as looking at people's social media profiles is a habit of employers Mm. these days but in Mm -hmm. saying that i do a lot of talking especially on linkedin about being able to post silly content and still be taken as a professional or being Mm. able to take a sexy photo, still Mm. being able to take it seriously as a professional or as an expert in your field. And I think all of these facets of a person enables them to do their job the best way. Mm. So if anything, it's going to help you weed out the employers or the workplaces that you'd probably be miserable in. Yeah. I was going to say, I agree with that so much because people are so pigeonholed in what they can and can't do. And obviously like, you know, cancel culture is a thing, but like touching on this again, t- cancel culture is a thing for people who do have their things out there, but that's not to say people haven't done these things without being it on social media. Like that doesn't give you the right to not be judged just because you haven't done something. So you have to reflect on that. But the whole, we pigeonhole people so much of what they can and can't do just because of their profession. But don't forget that people are people. Like they also have a life. They also want to have fun. And we put so much effort into saying, you know, I, even in my first year of my master's degree, one of the, the coordinators was, you know, make sure you have nothing on your social medias because in a few years time, your employees are going to do. And like that instantly, whilst it is important, you also fail to acknowledge that we are humans. Like our social media is on private, but like there could be a way that someone leaks into it. And that's not our fault. Like, yes, on one hand, what we do put out there, try have it as a kind of moderation. But as you said, if someone takes a sexy picture of them at the beach, like they're, they're on a beach, like they have a life as well. And there's so much filtering on that. But yeah, as you said, I think, if, if someone is so willing to delve that far into it and like be ashamed of that kind of thing at their business, it's not really something where you, want to, where you would want to work, I would say, mm. because yeah, the, the whole being you is, is taken away from it in some aspect. Exactly. And, and it is like, it's really lame to say, but being you is, is your biggest superpower. Like, mm. And it's I think true. that's where people, when it comes to the workplace, they fall into that, not the sheep mentality, but they fall into that machine-like 
system and they just become another cog in the wheel Mm -hmm. instead like I know one thing in in my career that really helped was like completely being myself swearing when I taught classes (laughs) adding jokes in different things and it was why Mm -hmm. people continued to come back because it adds Mm -hmm. the relatability and it drops that professionalism some way which is like if you feel this way, it's likely your colleague feels the same way or someone else does. So it mm. is super important. So yeah. um, I follow yeah, a girl I think it's on, only going to help you. Yeah. Yeah. I follow a girl on TikTok and she's works at a medical clinic and her, the person who's like now a star of her TikTok account is, is, um, is a heart surgeon and he's on TikTok doing dances. He's on TikTok doing skits. So like just because you're at a certain profession or at a certain level in your career doesn't mean you can't, you, you stop being a human. Yeah. yeah. So I definitely I agree that. with that. Yeah, it's amazing. Jump into my final three questions for you now. Okay. Uh, the first one is, what was the first small step you took to get to where you are right now? So I definitely think one of the first small steps was just believing in myself and not being scared of the judgment that I received from other people. And in saying that, I was also listening to the feedback that I have from my friends as well. So for years, I would tell myself, oh, I want to do a YouTube channel. I want to do this platform. But then I would doubt myself and I would say, you know, just put yourself out there, just do it. And taking that small step to actually just post that first video kind of just created the whole snowball effect and gave me the confidence to do, to do more. Mm, I love that. And it's so interesting that you started this at 23, but this had been something that had been playing on your mind since you were Mm. young. Hey, so what, I guess, what stopped you before that? It was that self-confidence or? Yeah, definitely. Like self-confidence. Um, fear of judgment and yeah, overall, like just being scared of putting things out on social media, regardless, even if it's just me talking to a camera and vlogging, I was still so scared of it saying like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to be judged by someone. And therefore it's going to like be so dehumanizing for me. And the whole uh, focus on that just became, became a big aspect of me not putting myself out there, but taking that first step of actually just doing it regardless of what other people are going to think. Like if I'm not doing, as I said, if I'm not doing something wrong, I'm not harming anyone and I'm just putting myself out there and just being me, then no one should have the right to try and shut that down. I love it. The second question is what is your biggest millennial crisis right now? And I define a millennial crisis as a privileged problem that consciously or subconsciously affects your mental health and well-being. Am I far enough in life or like, am I doing something in my life that I'm actually wanting to do like I'm I say this because I'm so privileged to have be like one of Australia's bit like most privileged university and the best university number one or whatever I did a master's bachelor's degree there now I'm doing a master's degree is this something that I want to do and I'm so thankful that I have this opportunity but is it also something that I want to do other pathways also just like am I going to have like enough money in future to be able to buy a house like I have such a big hex debt and it's like oh it's so difficult like I live at home in like a really nice area but can I buy my own one some like someday so there's definitely aspects of that but the biggest one would be like, am I taking this for granted where I am at the moment? Am I supposed to do other things in my life? But that being said, though, I'm also so thankful that I'm afforded this opportunity because so many other people would want it. So it's a constant battle in my head. Like, why are you being selfish and why are you not accepting that? Like, this is a good thing, but also like, is there something else I should be doing? Yeah. I would say it's that. It's a pain probably. that we think about our future so much. Mm. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like I'm in a quarter life crisis, I would say. I think we all are. I think even people in their 30s are still having some kind of life mm. crisis. So no, that's that's a really great one and something that I've experienced and I'm sure a lot of listeners have too. The final question I have for you is, what is something you still want to explore or are curious about? I think I've always wanted to get like professional classes in terms of like voiceover acting or whether it be actual acting or the arts in general it's something that I've always wanted to delve into but I don't know where to start and I say that because I was speaking to someone who one of my first people that ever messaged me she was like I used to work on a casting agency of Kath and Kim and if you were if this was 20 years ago or however many years ago you would definitely have like had a job on one of their shows and like that kind of feedback was really good but then at the same time she was telling me you have to be wise with these agencies because a lot of people will try and exploit your talent as much as possible just for their own gain and it kind of scared me because you don't really know who to trust and you don't know what to do in these instances. So it's a whole learning experience for me, but I think the exploration of the arts and avenues that I haven't ever really delved into because I was too shy because I was from an, like a Middle Eastern background that said, you know, you have to do doctor, lawyer, this, that as a, as a profession to be seen as a real, a real job. 
and it kind of shut off that whole creativity aspect. I think going into that is something definitely that I would like to look into for future. But at the moment, I just, it is still a little bit of fear in me. Like what happens if I do go down there and I'm exploited for, for my, my, my talent or my skills. And like, I, I gain nothing from it except for them to, to be using me sort of thing. So it's something that I am still looking into, but I'm also very fearful of. And is that like, is that your biggest fear of the worry of perhaps that, ex- uh, that exploitation? that and I th- I think that and also just like failing at it because whilst I am here I say like oh, I put myself out there I'm so happy but I am still human like I am still scared of failure I am still scared of putting myself out there and being judged and like that just turns into a whole bigger scale than than what I'm currently on like TikTok is TikTok it's all it's all for fun but going that step further there's more of a risk that I'm am I going to be like having to change to adapt to other people am I going to create something that's not even funny that's like so cringe and dumb that like I'm not going to be seen as fun anymore. Is it going to change the perception of people of me? So there, yeah, there's a lot of doubts, not just the whole exploitation. It goes a lot further than that in, in like failure. And am I changing my profession? Not going to be having like a stable job anymore, a stable life. But this is so many things that sort thoughts in my head that I'm constantly having to think over. Yeah. yeah no, I think <laughs> I, I'm really glad you were so honest with that because I think so many people are going to relate. And mm. I think, it's regardless of how confident we can seem on the outside Mm. or how much success it looks like we have, there is still those other elements um, Mm -hmm. that we all deal with. And I think it's really important to know that everyone Mm. deals with these, no matter what scale we're at or how successful it is or yeah, all of those other things. So yeah, thank you so much for being so honest with those answers. Now, I know you have a challenge that you have for everyone, right? I do. So this whole COVID period has made me reflect so much. So whether that be just like journaling or I like to do like my daily vlogs for myself. Like I'll sit there just like talking to my camera, like today I did this. It wasn't so good. I just, I like to have a mental map on this because I'm one of those people that I like looking back on photos at random times. I like looking at my life. I like looking back at videos of me crying because I'm like, Ooh, that was funny. Like me crying. Why did I do that? I like doing that sort of thing. So my challenge to everyone is that over a one week period, I want you to note three things down. So the first thing I want you to note a positive that you had this day, whether it be written down or video, it doesn't matter, but a positive that you had today. It could be something as simple as like, I woke up on time. I got out of bed. I only had one chocolate bar instead of two, just like a small positive, as small as it can be, or as big as it can be. It doesn't matter. But I also want you to note down as your second thing, a negative. So something that not necessarily like something that bad that happened or something like more so something that you could work on that you might have done something wrong, but you're, you're saying like, oh, you know, this wasn't so good. I, I said the wrong thing to this, this person. I might've done bad on my tests. Just something that's, that's bad. And then, sorry, number three would be something that you learned. So this can be something as small as, I learned how to properly drain, strain my pasta by putting the strainer on top, that kind of thing. Or I could, something in depth that you, you've been, been so culturally insensitive for your whole life that you've realized, oh, this is actually like indigenous land. And the reason why there's so many problems behind it is that X, Y, and Z. And a lot of the number three has been something that I've, I've looked into a lot more recently because we live in a society that's so based upon, I hate saying it, but like ignorance and people say ignorance is bliss. Ignorance is bliss, but it's not, it's, you have to be willing to learn. So putting that effort into actually reading a book or going online and searching something up is really important. But that being said though, the first one is a positive. So something that well that you did in the day, second one is a negative or that you'd like to do better tomorrow. And the third one is something that you learn, uh, whether it's something small or something in depth, doesn't matter just noting those three down and reflecting on them over after that one week period is something really important because having that mindfulness and taking a step back to have reflection does for me personally help with mental health issues and help being able to accept what you've done wrong and what you can work on in future. That's yeah, that's one of the biggest things that I've had to come to terms with over the the whole COVID thing, because there's only so much you can control and looking over that and realizing that is really important and kind of it's one of the first steps to i guess realizing realizing the world doesn't doesn't have everything that you that you want or that you can control i guess i love that that's awesome you said that you journal a lot which is which is Mm. amazing i found journaling as being like the best thing ever but so you you vlog journal too yeah so Oh my god, this is the best. Yeah. There's like there's something really nice about putting pen to paper and like looking at for instance your handwriting. 
that, that's something to me is really interesting. Like how your handwriting changes over from year to year or how, if you're stressed, you like rush handwriting, but vlogging for me, like I, I sometimes just get so tired and just sitting in bed. A lot of the people who are on my like Snapchat, for instance, they cop these things and it's like a minute of me just like ranting for instance, but it's so helpful for helpful to me because I'm a very big talker and I don't sometimes putting pen to paper is just difficult for a lot of people, but voicing it becomes so much easier and just talking to a phone for me, it just, it kind of like relieves me somehow just by having that record on, on my phone of me saying, you know, say it was a really shit day. I didn't have this like go my way. Nothing went to plan. And like, I could start crying in the middle of it, but then looking back on, it, I think like, wow, he had this day, but look at where he is today. Like it's a different day. It's a new day. And as even if it is, yeah, just like videoing how your day went. I think for me, it's just, it's helpful. You see people out there doing like my daily vlog of me having brunch. I do daily vlogs of me having like a nervous breakdown, but that's fine. <laughs> and like, that's okay. People need to realize that however you are noting it down, it, it does help. And it then allows you to reflect on it later. So yeah, if you ever look through my phone, it's just like a daily video every day of just like how my day went. I did this thing last year where I had an app where I filmed a second every day. So it was just like, like the app literally it just had like a leap second or something where every day just does a second of your day. So it makes like month by month um, how your day went. And a lot of them were just like me complaining or me being thankful for what happened in a day. And I think, yeah, it, it's very nice for me as a, something to reflect on. And I have a lot of them. So if you ever want to see and have, have a little laugh, make sure you hit me up. Oh my God. That's the best. No, I, I think that's, I love that you, yeah, you shared that because I think a lot of people like, find it really hard to journal or can't journal so having Mm. another option I think is really cool and it also like poses the point of like a lot of us think like social media only needs to be used to grow followers and all of this stuff Mm. but I know the reason I have like a I still kept my like personal um, Instagram profile with just my friends is because Mm. like I can post other things and always look in the archives and like remember Mm. like oh yeah this happened this day can be like a memory album or something Mm -hmm. so it's like your diary entries I think that's a really pretty much utilizing like in, and everything in 50, archives now so it's like it's never gonna go. yeah yeah if in 50 years time when someone finds like the records of this they're gonna see like a whole roller coaster of emotions especially <laughs> during this COVID time but yeah it's just the fun fun of the whole uh, digital age that we live in I guess I love it. Well, I hope that some people also try and do a challenge <laughs> with video too. So if you don't do it written so. down, please give it a go. Um, video, maybe yeah, old. It feels, yeah. It's a challenge for the week um, on video and you guys can follow it on the stories, but um, if, be if sure we do first, it to tag yeah. Lucas as well. Is, is, so where's the best place for me? So to I have, yeah. so my Instagram is lucas.ibrin. That's my actual, my actual profile. I think tagging me in that is fine. Is it still um, I also have a, It is, but I okay. also have a Maureen from Centrelink, which kind of goes off and on private, depending on how I'm feeling. It's just like literally <laughs> at Maureen from Centrelink. You can always add me on Snapchat because I love seeing people's videos that where if you tag me in things on there or like just send me videos, I love interacting with everyone on there. And then there's also the TikTok handle. So they're all different. They all have different names because the name on TikTok, Shukran, Shukran just means thank you in Arabic. And then when I was creating the, the, um, the name behind that, the reason I did it was because when you learn a language, which I kind of love learning languages and just phrases in different languages. When you learn a language, you learn like, hello, my name is, thank you. Those just simple things. And I think shukran was just something that was so like nice sounding to me personally. I just thought, I think, um, I just thought, oh, it's so different and unique that I would just make that my name. So if you ever make anything and you tag me on that as well, I always watch videos that I'm tagged in on, on, on TikTok and I always reply and, um, and contact people on there. So I'm very, very active on TikTok these days if you ever do that, but all my socials as well. I'm always, I'm always responding to messages and always willing to chat, which kind of makes it, yeah, it makes it more interactive, I guess. Beautiful. Well, make sure that you tag Lucas when you do the challenge for this week and all of his socials are going to be tagged in the description below anyway. So, I mean, majority of you probably have already seen Maureen, <laughs> but I just, another little reminder to everyone to make sure you support your creators. If you love the work that they do, support them, like their stuff, comment, follow them. Cause I think also on TikTok, it's something we forget like to click the little follow button on Instagram. You always do it, but TikTok, yeah. you forget. Be, but it's so important. You'd be so surprised. Yeah. The amount of people that kind of like comment on my thing. Oh my God, this is so funny. Post more. And I'm like, girl, you're not even following me. What do you mean post more? You went to the effort of searching me up. I don't find it like that offensive or what I'm just like, yeah, whatever. But as you're saying, yeah, it is. So it's something that we look over, but it's as a like content creator myself, I find it funny. I'm like, oh, you want more of my stuff, but you're not even like 
subscribe yeah. to my my stuff funny yeah, yeah. No, but it, and, it and is I, I think people just do it subconsciously and yeah and until sure. you really know what it means or you speak to creators you don't know so um mm. yeah just your friendly reminder you can subscribe <laughs> to the podcast as well like there okay awesome well thank you so much lucas for being on it was an absolute pleasure i know i learned a lot from you and i'm sure that the <laughs> listeners did too so Thank you again for coming on and I can't Thank wait you so to much. see what the future holds for you. Thank you so much for having me and like giving your time up just to, to hear my, my story and everything I had to say. I really appreciate it. Okay, thanks, mate. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for listening to another episode. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. If you did like this episode, please share it with a friend or Put it on your story so people can hear it as well. Make sure you tag me and Lucas too. Otherwise, if you haven't rated the podcast, please rate it because it helps me get more incredible guests on the podcast to interview. And with saying that, that is all for this week. Thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you next week. Bye.